So good afternoon, friends, and a very warm welcome to this Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. The, this broadcast will be in both Spanish and English. It's, if you're watching in listening in, Span in English, then you do nothing. If you wish to um, follow the talk in Spanish and the meditation, then just click on the interpretation um, symbol and you can choose, select the Spanish version. So, right now with two full moons in the same sign, the energies and potencies pouring into humanity and the earth through the sun are conditioned by an unusually abundant flow from the constellation of Leo, the great solar lion. Of all the signs of the zodiac, Leo is especially related to the sun. In a physical sense, the sun's that great burning fire of molten plasma that's at the center of the solar system, and life on Earth is fueled by this ball of fire. It's a source of all of our light, our energy, and our heat. Yet incredible though this fiery being is, the sun is more than what's currently being measured by science. For its energies reach into the very core of our being, and they're the driving force in the evolution of consciousness. The sun is of special significance during these trying decades of transition from the Piscean to the Aquarian Age, and all the transformative changes that are such a feature of the crises of this time are powered by, and an expression of, energies pouring from the constellations through the sun. This is especially notable in Leo, because then these energies are concentrated on the transformation of the human sense of self, stretching from the long process of individuation and the crafting of a self-assured and initially self-centered personality, what we can think of as the young roaring lion, through to the sovereignty of the higher self, that strong, serene, and noble Lion King. Metaphysical thinkers throughout the ages have looked to the sun as our solar logos, with its unimaginably radiant and fiery superconsciousness. The source of light physically, figuratively, and numinously Esoteric literature speaks of different levels of the sun's consciousness as a guide for our imagination. These levels are known by <coughs> in esoteric literature by three names, referring to three great cosmic centers. The teachings speak of the radiations of the physical sun. We can think of the gases and molten lava revealed by science, and also the more subtle physical etheric radiations as the energetic source feeding the three levels of personality, firing the muscles of personal identity, individuality, and I-ness. Yet hidden within this physical sun is a center of esoteric subjectivity that's referred to as the heart of the sun and that feeds the higher self or soul of human consciousness. Its radiations evoke in humanity senses of meaning and significance, and they fire the creative energies through which the plan is working out. But there is a still more secret hidden center at the core of the being that is the sun for our solar system. And this is the central spiritual sun, an all-consuming fire feeding the pure monadic spirit at the core of self. Radiation is commonly regarded as a physical phenomena. One dictionary definition from the field of physics speaks of radiation as the complete process in which energy is emitted by one body, transmitted through an intervening medium or space, and then absorbed by another body. And yet, as anyone involved in esoteric work understands, just as energy follows thought, so too does radiation follow thought. An organized, 
concentrated and focused state of consciousness emits or radiates energy. And one of the primary functions of esoteric work is service through radiation, where the quality of alignment between mind and soul and spirit enables the servant to grow and their ability to radiate lighted, loving energies of divinity into the mental and emotional environment in which human beings operate and in which life evolves. Esoteric training in all esoteric traditions aims to develop increasing skill and refinement in this process of service through radiation. And carefully coordinated group activities such as triangles and the full moon meditation we'll be performing this afternoon, these draw upon the resources of a group of minds which become over time a unified group mind identified by a common purpose, invoking and radiating the energies of the higher self and the higher worlds so that these energies may exert their influence through the new group of world servers and within the vast networks of goodwill which characterize humanity. The energies radiated evoke lighted thought and activity from all who are sensitive to their influence. The mental and emotional environment in which we human beings live out our lives is affected by these radiations in ways that we'll probably never truly understand during this time while we're in, in incarnation. For we have no idea what the world would be like if it were not for the radiatory work of the world esoteric group from all traditions down the ages. One way of pondering the impact of the radiation of collective thinking is to consider the radiation of separative thought, of less refined thought. Imagine the effect that the superficiality and shallow littleness is having of what is still the dominant material, consumer-oriented understanding of psyche, relationships, economics, and society of our time. For while human consciousness has been less developed, the footprint of the human psyche on the earth may not have been so significant. But today things are different. For today the potency of individualized consciousness is very much waking up, and waking up as never before. At its most mature levels, this individualized self will be organized, purposeful, and carefully honed to achieve life goals and ambitions. The physical sun has never been a more powerful presence in the human psyche as it is today. An enlivened and primed intellect drives material progress and the acquisition of ever more knowledge. And without the deeper perspective of the soul, the awakened personality is emitting a radiation into the psychic atmosphere of the planet that is a dangerous mix of desires, often uncontrolled, and the thoughts and musings of unrestrained and undisciplined intellects that thrive on partisan divides and on all the chaos of what we refer to as the social media. The demand for constant stimulation from sensationalized news, highs of happiness and lows of despair and depression, produce a background radiation that can be likened to what one writer has called a desertification of delight. Fortunately, this is not the whole story. This is not the whole story of Leo. For emanations from the heart of the sun are also more present in the human than at any previous time. And this is especially evident in the widespread response to the hazards posed by the empowered forces of the personal self. The quest for wisdom, authentic spirituality, and a cooperative spirit in service of the common good has never been higher the Aquarian sense of universality is sweeping through consciousness 
and it's evident in movements like World Unity Week or the massive participation in events like the International Day of Women or the growth of interest in meditation, spiritual teachings, near-death experiences, consciousness studies, and so on. Readers of the books by Alice Bailey represent a very small section of a growing interest in the path towards the higher self. But even here, there has been a significant uptake in interest. Last year, 2020, saw the largest rise in the sales of Alice Bailey books in English for many years. So we really are in a Leo phase where the deepest sense of human identity is in flux. And just at the time when the lower self is on a drug-like high, there is a marked turning towards the lion of detached, quiet strength and poise. That lion who is sensitive to and moved by both the rich diversity as well as the wholeness of life. So can we pause for a moment to identify with the group mind of all who are meditating for world service at this time. This is a field of mind that we're entering into that is quiet, focused, and flooded with the light of the ashram. And then from this field of mind, we can reach out to link with fellow servers in the esoteric group, with a group of world servers, and with all the people of goodwill in the world, in all their varying degrees of concentrated goodness, as we sound together the Gayatri. O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. Thank you. Leo has been called the preeminent fire sign at this time. And this suggests that we might view what is occurring in the world through the lens of God as a consuming fire. In his book, The Universal Christ, Richard Raw quotes a comment by Jesus that I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already blazing. And Raw refers to this as one of his favorite metaphors, loving the image of fire, not for its destructiveness, but in his words, as a natural symbol for transformation. Literally the changing of forms. Farmers, forestry workers, and native peoples all know that fire is a renewing force, even as it can also be destructive. End of quote. On the reversed wheel of discipleship, Leo brings as its gift this fiery spirit of transformation. Purifying fires burn away the glamours and illusions of the separated self. And as the universal self reveals itself to the disciple on the path, the significance of the traumatic experiences begin to be understood. Gradually, the disciple learns to cooperate with the process of purification until he or she can stand in the full sovereignty of the universal self and think from the viewpoint of the whole. 
from the perspective of isolated unity. From this perspective, one's own transformation becomes a metaphor for the transformation of humanity. Increasing sensitivity to the universal self does not imply any turning away from the personal separated self. It simply transforms the relationship with the personal self, seeing it less as a fixed and solid point of identity and more as a field of service, <coughs> excuse me, as a field of service and a vehicle for relationship with the world. This is the primary reorientation that's needed before we can follow the leadership of our Christ nature and become agents of redemption and liberation in the world, redeeming the matter of the three worlds, physical, etheric, astral and mental. Leo must do its work. The fires must burn. There's a simple path confronting humanity now as we transit into increasing levels of interdependence, requiring us to reimagine our relationships and responsibilities as we respond to global forces and carefully seek to craft local and national paths that bridge from nationalism into globalism. There need be no competition and no conflict between local, national, and global identities to the extent that local and the national environments are seen of, as places of service where the new sense of universal relationship is grounded and worked out and experimented with. There's a tendency in esoteric studies to focus on the group identity of the soul, sometimes forgetting that this group identity evolves naturally out of a Leo-type exploration of the individual, confronting the question, who am I? As the Tibetan notes in Leo, the aspirant necessarily passes through a period of self-awareness and self-centered focus before it becomes possible to know the divine spirit that is in fact the true self. And as the Leo subject deepens their understanding of the self, so they are led to an understanding of others. For the personal self and its relationship with the soul and its dawning sense of identification with the universal self becomes the place where the new is being built. And this is very much akin to the modern idea that, <coughs> excuse me, that change in society begins with and cannot be dissociated from change in oneself. Right relations are built and necessarily built from the ground up, person by person, self by self, group by group. Local, national, global and planet all become fields of expression and fields of service. And at the core of all of this, of the transformation and the transition from Leo to Aquarius, from separated self to universal self, lies the principle and practice of freedom. Esotericists recognize this principle as emanating from and empowered by that vast expression of divinity manifesting through Sirius. Leo is closely related to Sirius and so it is that the path to full self-awareness is so closely connected to freedom. Yet the principle of freedom as discussed by DK bears little relation to many of the slogans of freedom so often employed by competing political factions. Quote from the Raisin Initiations, DK says, it is the principle of freedom which enables Sanat Kumara to dwell on the earth and yet stand free from all contexts. contacts. It is that which enables the initiate to achieve a state of isolated unity. It is that which lies behind the spirit of death and forms the motivating power of that great releasing agency. It is that which provides a pathway of power between our hierarchy and the distant sun Sirius, 
giving the incentive towards the culture of freedom or of liberation, which motivates the work of the masters of the wisdom. The principle of freedom is that which produced the ferment and the vortex of conflict in far distant ages, and which has been recognized in the present through the results of the law of evolution in every kingdom and nature. In the evolution of human consciousness, the leonine transformation from separated self to universal self is an organic process that can only occur when it is self-directed and freely chosen. It cannot be forced on an individual by another, by doctrine or dogma. In today's world of the overstimulated personality, Leo holds out the possibility for individuals and communities to be free from the prison of unrequited desires and appetites. It also means freedom from the influence of marketing and social media forces that are designed and increasingly intelligently designed to manipulate desires, opinions, and even our sense of self and our vision of the future. One of the primary tasks of the new group of world servers is to free the prisoners of the planet, to free the spirit within the human. The recent issue of the Wogobul newsletter explores the role that educators can play in helping students to learn to understand and be free and be free from the worlds of instinct and desire. This is especially noticeable in preparing students for the future world, recognizing that the future is inherently unknow unknowable, for it is the result of individual and collective imagination of future possibilities, and then willful responses to those possibilities in the present. UNESCO's Futures of Education Initiative, it's a program of UNESCO, the Futures of Education Initiative, provides insight into ways in which education might foster the inclusive spirit of Leo as it reaches into Aquarius. Through this initiative, a global network of educators are reimagining how knowledge and learning can shape the future of humanity and the planet. And one of the thinkers in the UNESCO project, Gert Biester from the University of Maynooth in Ireland, has written extensively about the need for teachers to interrupt their students' absorption in their own individual needs and desires so that these students can develop the thinking skills needed to choose and plan how they will live in the world and most importantly to choose how they will respond to the ethical choices posed by the problems facing modern humanity. As Biesta has written, there is a need for teaching now that frees us from the ways in which we are bound to or even determined by our desires. That's an incredible thought to come from a, an academic educator, a leading thinker, an influential thinker in the philosophy and understanding of education. He writes that there is a need for teaching that frees us from the ways in which we are bound to or even determined by our desires. This can be achieved in an educational environment, he says, where students think through whether what we desire is actually desirable, both for ourselves and for the life we live with what and who is the other. In other words, for all of those we're related to. Kerry Facer is Professor of Education and Social Futures at Bristol University in the UK. And in a contribution to the UNESCO project, she suggests that educators need to transform their understanding of the nature of the human being. We need, she writes, to educate a different sort of human from the one we have been thinking with for far too long. Rather than being separate and apart from each other and the world, Kerry Facer suggests that students are already deeply entangled with each other. 
humans have always and in ways that are intensifying thought, she says, with each other. And education, she writes, will increasingly be about practices of encounter and revelation. It's a quote from her. Of encounter with the other actors in the world, human, technological, material, more than human, of which we are a part, and of revelation of the possibilities in the self and in the world of the forms of being that might emerge from this encounter. I'll read that again because, again, I think this is such an interesting Leo idea thought being inserted into the thinking about education. She's an influential thinker. Kerry Facer writes of education being about practices of encounter and revelation. She says this means encounter with the other actors in the world of which we're a part. And she refers to those other actors of the world of which we're a part. In other words, the community with which we live as being human actors, technological processes, technology, material forces. And she says the more than human all of which form the, are these other actors of which the human community is in relationship with. And education should be about the practices of revelation of the possibilities in the self and in the world of the forms of being that might emerge out of this encounter. You can read more about the UNESCO project and about insights into the way in which the soul is moving into education throughout the world in the number two issue of the World War Newsletter uh, for 2021, which you can read online, thinking together so we can act together to make the futures we want. So these thinkers and other others like them can be seen as focusing the mind of concerned, intelligent people of goodwill on ideas that carry the potentials of Leo and it's bridging through fire between separation and full engagement with the world revealed by the universal self. And another interesting reflection on this transition between the two selves, that's the essential gift of Leo, was found in an article in the New York Times on April 11th, just as we were sort of starting to come out of the period of isolation from the pandemic. And the article is about how the isolation imposed on people through the pandemic is leading to a realization that the person coming out of quarantine can choose, if they so wish, to be a new person. Under the title, You Can Be a New You After the Pandemic, Olga Kazan cites psychologists and scientists who provide evidence people can change their personalities well into adulthood. In the article, she writes that researchers have found that adults can change the five traits that make up personality, extroversion, openness to experience, emotional stability, agreeableness, and conscientiousness. And she says that this can be done within just a few months. One of the sources that is referred to in, in the article is a book by psychology professor Richard Wiseman. And the book is titled The As If Principle. And the article suggests that it outlines evidence that actions to behave as if you are the person you want to be can lead to you becoming that person. The article is in the New York Times Review on April 11th, and it's called You Can Be a New You After the Pandemic. So, as we approach the Leo full moon, transformation is very much in the air. Someone commented to me not so long ago how often they were hearing the phrase, the common good. We're all active participants in this transformation of the lion who roars into the lion who is becoming the water carrier. And through our meditation practice, through the positivity of our lives 
and through the radiation of group thought, may we strengthen this emergence of the universal self. So now we'll move into the full moon approach to the hierarchy, the work of our meeting. Before we begin the meditation outline, letting in the light, it's useful to remind ourselves of the keynote of this work we're doing, the keynote of the full moon approach to the hierarchy. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light, and lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Letting in the light. Group fusion. We recognize and affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servants. As one group mediating between hierarchy and humanity. We say together, I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, this great ashram of Sanat Kumara. And we project that line towards the Christ who stands at the heart of hierarchy. We extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the radiant center where the will of God is known.
the higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. And using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought for Leo. I am that, and that am I. I am that, and that am I.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, we visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good. See them streaming throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth and prepared physical plane centers through which the plan is manifesting. We use the sixfold progression of divine love as this sequence of energy precipitation. A stream of energy flowing through Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, the people of goodwill everywhere in the world, and the physical centers of distribution in their multitudes. interlude. So we refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of a great ashram. And as one group on the periphery of the ashram, we sound together in the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. We visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the channel that has been prepared. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing <coughs> the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation has sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the entire human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. Thank you for that piece of work. Remember the actual time of the full moon is, I think it is, it is 8.02 in the morning in Eastern Daylight Time here in New York tomorrow, Sunday morning at two minutes past eight. And so hold that point of tension as we build up to the full moon and then through the following two days afterwards. The next new moon meditation meeting from the Lucis Trust, um, broadcasted from New York via Zoom, will be on Tuesday, September the 7th at 6 p.m. EDT. And the Festival of Virgo full moon meditation meeting will be on September the 20th, Monday at 6.30. So thank you, friends, and may the work continue.